are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show we got a jam-packed pod as always we are starting off with a recap recap of last night's game the the first game of the series against the cardinals tough loss we'll recap that we're going to talk about josh rojas versus paven smith who should be the all-star representative for the d-backs and then we're going to wrap up the pod with more eduardo escobar rumors because they are heating up so jam-packed pod as always but first if you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects we have the podcast for you Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Arm Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's jump right into today's pod and let's discuss last night's D-backs loss because if you want another game, we got a whole Rolodex of games that could illustrate how frustrating this season has been with last night's loss the d-backs have now lost a modern day record 41 consecutive games and scoring four runs or fewer it's been uh we all know what kind of season it's been but last night there was someone pitching on the mound who i've never seen before jake faria who have you guys seen that snoop dogg meme who Yes, Jake Faria, he broke onto the scene with the Rays in 27-3, uh, excuse me, in 2017. I was already starting to read his ERA. He broke onto the scene in 2017 with the Tampa Bay Rays, had 3-4-3 ERA and 14 starts. He was traded for Jesus Aguilar in 2019, but spent 2020 at the Brewers' alternate site. This was his first start since 2018, so it's definitely been uh, a long journey back for Faria. And last night, look, he wasn't phenomenal, but he was definitely solid up there on the mound. Definitely better than anyone could have expected. Maybe that long layoff between starts made it tough for the opposing team to scout him because it's not like he had a lot of reps under his belt. You would have to go back to the 2017 tape, or excuse me, the 2018 tape to see what kind of pitcher Faria is or was but last night he showed a whole mix of pitches he went four innings one earned run 67 pitches total three hits and 40 of his 60 pitches were fastballs he only averaged 91 miles per hour on those pitches but he also had a mix of some other pitches he had a little curveball slider splitter so he had a four pitch arsenal going last night 91 miles an hour on the fastball that's really not that high but still Faria looks solid out there at the plate but the story of the game isn't Jake Faria the story of the game unfortunately is gonna have to be Alex Young because he's gonna be the scapegoat for last night's game he had a double whammy first 
Troy Lavello, for some reason, made Alex Young go up to the plate with bases loaded and two outs in the sixth to try and hit. He had David Peralta in the on-deck circle, but because uh, Faria was coming out the game early, thin at the bullpen, he wanted Alex Young to be still in the game and pitching, so he let Alex Young bat. And of course, Alex Young does what pitchers do at the plate. He was garbage. The bat didn't move off his shoulder. He saw three fastballs down the middle, and he struck out. Don't listen to Sully of Locked On MLB. Pitchers hitting consistently are not good for the sport. I'm okay every now and then you want to pinch hit a pitcher for no reason uh, because it's fun, but pitchers should not be hitting consistently. The only time we should be seeing pitchers hit is late in ball games, extra innings. You're running out of guys on the bench. It should be like when you see a position player pitching. It should only be in extreme circumstances. So, no surprise to see that Alex Young struggled with the bases loaded in a big spot too because the D-backs were 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position. If they didn't get a home run from Josh Rojas, who we're going to be talking about more later, they would have scored no runs on the day. But the move looked to pay off for a little bit in the bottom of the sixth inning. He did his job and put up a zero on the board against the St. Louis Cardinals. But in the seventh inning, he got rocked for six earned runs. Man, it, it was a tough seventh inning for Alex Young. And the last time a reliever went up to the plate with bases loaded and two outs in a tie game was May 14, 2018 with Elisa Hernandez. So Alex Young had to make a fool of himself by trying to bat with the bases loaded. And then he gets rocked for six earned runs in the seventh. And Toy Lovello did everything he could to not take him out the ball game in that instance because he really needed Alex Young. And Alex Young just absolutely struggled in that seventh inning. So on the night, Toy Lovello's decision to not take Alex Young out the game on offense really came back to bite them in the seventh inning. D-backs end up losing 7-1. to And Alex Young is someone who was really good to start the year. Back on what what day was it? May 16th, Alex Young had a 3.06 year array, and he was probably the most reliable reliever out the D-backs bullpen back on May 16th. But in his last 10 innings pitch, he's given up 14 earned runs. Alex Young has not been locked in. He has not been locked and loaded. There, Any cliche you want, Alex Young has not been that. And now with last night's loss, the D-backs, have to go 500 the rest of the way to avoid another 100-loss season in their franchise's history. Uh, the D-backs are probably not going to be able to do that. I mean, think about that. Going 500 the rest of the way, uh, it, I'm taking the under on that for the D-backs. There's no chance the D-backs go 500 the rest of the way, considering they're what? Almost 40 games below 500. There's just no way they make up that ground. They're 22 and 58 right now. They haven't played 500 baseball since the start of May. It's been, it's almost July now. It's been two months since this team has played good baseball. There was a stretch where they only won seven of 50 games. So now you think in the last 82 games, they're going to go 500? No chance. And unfortunately, this is going to be a 100-loss season for the D-backs. And right now, they're only a few games off. I believe they're only three games off the all-time consecutive losing streak record when scoring four runs or fewer. So they might get that record too. So at the very least, this is a season of records for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, we're going to talk about 
the Josh Rojas versus Paven Smith debate. Who should be the all-star representative of the D-backs at the all-star game? But first, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wind or often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. RockAuto.com prices are always reliably low for every customer. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's get back into the pod and let's discuss a little Josh Rojas for Paven Smith because I think these two guys are cut from the same cloth in terms of our perspective of them as D-backs fans. We both consider them both really young prospects, not even prospects because they're on the major league level, but really young talents that could have the potential to be everyday players uh, for the D-backs in the future that could potentially be a part of a core of a team that that has aspirations to make the playoffs, but the jury's still out on both of them. They're both having pretty solid seasons, but none of them, I don't think either Paven Smith or Josh Rojas are confirmed to be part of the core. I like them both a lot, but I can't, right now, I don't know if I see enough to project that they're going to be all-star level players now. No one in Major League Baseball has an all-star every roster, so you're still going to need those guys like a Nick Ahmed who are good at certain things, who are almost specialists. And Josh Rojas looks like he could be a slugging infielder, while Paven Smith seems like he could be a contact machine in the outfield. But which of these two guys deserve to be the all-star representative for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Well, I think it's kind of funny that one of these two guys are most likely going to be the all-star representative. I mean, it could still be Ketel Marte, but he's missed more than half the games this season. Carson Kelly probably would have been the other choice, but he's going to be out through the all-star break. So right now, it's going to be these two guys, and both of them kind of started the season a little bit slow, and then they both had a hot May. Josh Rojas in May batted 320 with an 883 OPS. Paven Smith in May. Had a 306 average with a 788 OPS, and then they both tailed off a little bit in June. So I want to go through their numbers side by side and see which of these two players is more deserving of the all-star representative slot for the Arizona Dimebacks. So let's first start with the traditional numbers. Josh Rojas, when you look at his slash line, there's definitely some positives. His average could be a little bit better, 263, but he has a nice 785 OPS, 10 home runs. Now, he has a strikeout percentage at 26 with a walk percentage at 10. So he's striking out a lot, but at least he's walking just a decent amount. Need to get that above double figures. 39 runs to 26 RBIs. It's a solid slash line. It's not an all-star slash line, but for the D-backs, it is an all-star slash line. 
And let me throw a quick disclaimer in. If Eduardo Escobar wasn't about to be traded, I probably think he would have been the all-star representative. But since he's probably not going to be on this team by the time the all-star game rolls around, we're going with Paven Smith and Josh Rojas. Now, back to the numbers. Paven Smith's slash line in comparison, 275 average, so better than Rojas's. 731 OPS, slightly lower. Five home runs, half the amount. Only strikes out 17.5% of the time, though, compared to 26% of the time for Rojas. But he walks less, only 6.4% compared to 9.8% for Rojas, 25 ribbies for Smith, 26 for Rojas, 38 runs scored for Smith, 39 runs scored for Rojas. So when looking at just the traditional numbers, there's not a lot of disparity. Look at runners in scoring position. Rojas is 59 at-bats, 270 average, 701 OPS, 15 RBIs. Paven Smith, 51 at-bats, 275 average, 7057 OPS, 17 RBIs. So from the traditional number standpoint, Rojas has been a, a better slugger, but he also strikes out more, but it's okay because he balances that out with his walk percentage. And then Paven Smith, better contact guy, less power, strikes out less though, but he also walks less. So he's probably not on base as much as a Josh Rojas. So when looking at the traditional numbers, I don't think there's a lot of discrepancy. I might lean toward Josh Rojas a little bit just because he has that 10 home runs. He has that power potential, and he walks a little bit more too, so he might be on base a little bit more. But coming from the traditional numbers, they're really not that much different. So we'll give this round to Josh Rojas, but if you want to mark it at home as a win for Paven Smith, I won't discount you. Now let's look at hard contact. Barrel percentage. 4.9% for Rojas, 4.4% for Smith. Hard hit percentage, 37.9% for Rojas, which is solid, but 45% for Paven Smith. That leads all D-backs outside of Quetel Marte. But exit velo, Josh Rojas, 89 miles per hour, one of the best on the D-backs, while Paven Smith's exit velo of 86.8 miles per hour is one of the worst on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Launch angle, 7.6 degrees for Rojas, 6.8 for Paven Smith, and they're actually right next to each other on the team in launch degree angle. So when looking at hard contact, Paven Smith hits the ball consistently harder on average according to hard hit percentage, but then why does Rojas have better exit velo? Well, that's because Paven Smith also is one of the team leaders in weak contact percentage so he's a boom bust guy he's making a lot of contact and a lot of it is going 95 plus miles per hour and the other times it's very weak contact because he's not really a slugger it's a lot of gap power for Paven Smith while Josh Rojas just has raw power so even though he's only getting a hard hit 38 percent of the time when he does barrel it up he's crushing it that's why he has one of the best exit velos on the team so Hard contact rate, I, I think this is another one they could give it to either or, but because Rojas gets the barrel a little bit more and a better exit velo and launch angle, I'm going to have to give round two to Josh Rojas as well. Now, I got a third category. Maybe you guys think this one is even more important than the traditional and hard contact numbers, and that is plate discipline. For Josh Rojas, he swings at pitches outside the strike zone 22 0.7% of the time. For Paven Smith, that's 31.2% of the time. 
But overall swing percentage, just how often do you swing at pitches you're seeing? Rojas, 41.4% of the time. Paven Smith, 44% of the time. So Paven Smith is swinging the bat a lot more than Josh Rojas is. And Paven Smith has the authority to do that because he's the best contact hitter on the team. He makes contact with 94% of the pitches thrown within the strike zone. That's the best on the team. For Rojas, it's only 82.7% of the time. So even though... Rojas has better power numbers. Paven Smith is the superior contact hitter. He makes contact with everything thrown within the strike zone. And overall contact numbers, Rojas makes contact with 77.4% of all pitches seen. Paven Smith, 88.4%. So that's why he has higher hard contact percentage and higher weak percentage. Because he's always making contact. So Play discipline, I think it's easily Haven Smith. But overall, when evaluating these two players, Rojas, a little bit better slugger, doesn't chase pitches as much as a Paven Smith, could improve contact in the strike zone, but absolutely crushes exit velo. Paven Smith, elite contact hitter, great at a hard hit percentage, but also very high weak contact percentage and low exit velocity. But if I had to choose between these two guys, who should be the all-star representative? As of today, when I'm recording this, 6.26 p.m. on June 29th, I'm going to go with Josh Rojas just because of the swagger factor. I just love the way the dude looks when he's running the bases, swinging the bat. He just has a little bit more swagger to him. Now, I'm going to go with the numbers by the time the all-star break rolls around. But right now, because it's such a close race, I'm going with Rojas, but it could definitely change by the time the All-Star game rolls around because one of these two dudes could get hot and make it a definitive closed case. Now, we'll discuss Eduardo Espar being moved to the Chicago White Sox because a deal seemed to be intimate according to a whole bunch of MLB insiders. But I want to first talk to you guys about Wild Alaskan Company because you're used to having a lot of choices when it comes to what you eat, but it matters where your food comes from. Get your nutrition from nature. The Wild Alaskan Company sources wild-caught seafood from Alaska and the Pacific Northwest. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination, and every month they have specials that are different for you to explore. Each shipment contains premium wild-caught, individually wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company Seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership anytime. They offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. And right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Make sure to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. 
Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Right, let's get back to the pod and discuss Eduardo Escobar potentially, maybe not even potentially, because it sounds like the move is going to be imminent or it is imminent with Eduardo Escobar being moved to the Chicago White Sox because with Nick Madrigal out for the season, they have a hole at second base. And despite Escobar playing more time at third base in recent years, he still has 227 innings under his belt at second base in 2021 and has 849 career innings at the position so even though he's a stocky guy he can definitely uh, he can definitely move well enough to play second base but I want to do a little flashback for you guys right now because do you guys remember when Eduardo Escobar was traded for by the Arizona Diamondbacks when they acquired him what the talk was about uh you know surrounding this team Escobar only 29 at the time was slashing 274 338 and 514 and he led the majors with 37 doubles at the time of the D-backs acquiring him so he was on fire and he was definitely worth the cost of only three minor leaguers not even any top prospects just three minor leaguers and this was a guy as we said can play multiple infield positions so that defensive versatility is very important and remember Jake Lamb was still on the roster, and he was constantly getting hurt. So Eduardo Escobar was great Jake Lamb insurance because at the time, it did not seem like Jake Lamb was going to get back to that form that made him uh, an all-star where he was able to bomb 30 home runs. But at the time of the D-backs acquiring Escobar, they were only one and a half games back in the NL West of the LA Dodgers, and they were only a half game behind the Atlanta Braves. Man, what a time for the D-backs. But now, you juxtapose this with two seasons later, 2021, and the D-backs are trading Escobar as he's on the worst team in Major League Baseball. And he's about to go to a team in the Chicago White Sox that are a World Series contender. Like, he can definitely be in the mix for a World Series ring this year. So, at least it's a good move for Escobar to, you know, Go upwards and actually be on a team that competes and wins games and is not looking sully every day. And hopefully Escobar can bring the post-game dancing to the Chicago White Sox because uh, you don't you don't see that too often when you lo- uh, when you can only win seven of fifty games. But according to John Heyman, the D-backs are on the verge of selling off a lot of pieces, and they're going to be starting with Eduardo Escobar. Most likely to the Chicago White Sox, the organization that originally signed Escobar out of Venezuela back in 2006. And I think Escobar is going to be a huge addition for the White Sox. But what can we get back in return? Well, I have some options here for you guys. I'm sure you guys don't know who these guys are because I don't know who they are either. But this is the exercise I did today. So, this is the first guy that I would like the D-backs to try and get in a return in an Escobar trade. And I have him 
categorized as out of reach because it's probably not very realistic, but Norhe Vera is the seventh rated prospect in the Chicago White Sox organization. Uh, he's about 21 years old, still in rookie ball, but he's six foot four, huge frame with a fastball that could sit in the upper 90s, usually around 94, but he can get it up to 96 miles an hour and potentially maybe could throw 98 as he starts to build out his frame. So that's my first option of who I want in a return, but he's probably out of reach. The second one who I think is more realistic, the number 12 prospect in the White Sox organization. I don't think that's a lot to ask for. Ryan Ramosa, number 12 prospect, third baseman for the Chicago White Sox. And this guy is 19 years old. Six foot two, and he just seems to have a lot of promise. He's a guy that can hit for a solid average, and he's got a lot of raw power right now in the minor league. So that's my guy that I think is pretty realistic. Third baseman, so fill fill the need that the D-backs are going to be losing with an Escobar. But worst case scenario, this is the guy who I would take in a worst case scenario. Because realistically, the D-backs probably won't even get a guy as good as this player. And that is DJ Gladney, the number 17 prospect in the White Sox organization. The way these deals go down, they never want to give up top 20 prospects if they're not getting a star in return. But Escobar is a borderline all-star, maybe. Uh, depends on how you feel about him. But DJ Gladney, another third baseman, 19 years old, six foot three, is just another guy with some raw power and still very young right now. He's in single A. Brian Ramos, uh, Brian Ramos. I spelled his name wrong on my notes. Brian Ramos is only uh, 19 in single A baseball as well. So those are the three prospects that I would like the D-backs to get back if that Eduardo Escobar trade comes down because this guy's been on fire since May 14th. Prior to May 14th, Escobar had an OPS of 655, but since May 14th, 152 plate appearances. He has a 306 average, 342 OBP, and a 563 slugging. 10 home runs during that time. He's been on a beast. He now has a respectable slash line. So I want something pretty good in return. And I'm thinking that number 12, Brian Ramos. If the D-backs could do that and pull that off, I think that would be a pretty fair and respectable for uh, return for a guy in Eduardo Escobar who brought a lot of buzz, joy, and electricity when he joined the Arizona Diamondbacks back in 2019, uh, helped the D-backs become a respectable franchise again in the National League and make them a, a powerhouse as an offensive team. He absolutely crushed in 2019 prior to the 2020 season. He had career highs uh, across the board. And he was acquired in 2018, not 2019. I don't know why I keep saying 2018, but 2019 was his first full season with the D-backs. And despite the D-backs not making the playoffs in 2019, 18 uh he still made them a, a very respectable team and almost got the d-backs to the playoffs i mean they still finished above 500 but like most d-backs teams they fell short of expectations as they came down the stretch in the season now that's it for this edition of the locked on dimebacks podcast get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host peter Baskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts and as always come back tomorrow for more dimebacks news coverage and insight and as always stay safe stay healthy don't forget to follow me on twitter at creator thomas 24 for my personal account at locked on dimebacks on both twitter and instagram 
Deuces!